Begin the current daf. Sefes Baba Kama Daf Peites. Begin two lines up from the bottom of the Yamad, Daf Peches Mebeis, where the Gemara continues the discussion of previous daf, which will ultimately take us back to the halacha of the Mishnah that we quoted, which seemingly we went on to a different discussion. The Gemara had quoted Cherushet Vekatan Pigiyas and Ra. When someone encounters a woman, which was the Vechulu over there, which is part of the, the Gemara's discussion over there, although it only quotes Cherushet Vekatan Pigiyas and Ra, there's also Eved Ve'ishu Pigiyas and Ra. When you encounter a woman and a slave, then the encounter is evil because when one injures them, the, the, the assailant is liable, but when they injure the person, then they're exempt because they have nothing to pay with during their marriage. Then the Gemara brought up this incident with Rav Shmuel Bar Abba that his mother had written off all the properties to him and there was this big rabbinic debate about who should get it, should the husband Rav Abba get it or should the son Rav Shmuel Bar Abba get it. So ultimately the Gemara concluded from Rabbi Huda the name of Shmuel not like the way Rabbi Yimri Bar Abba had passed that Rav Shmuel Bar Abba the son could get it but to the contrary. Now the question was, Rabbi Yimri Bar Abba brought a rai from Mishnah Baba Bas that seemingly you see clearly Kenya Paris, the way Rav Shlakish, who he passed and like interprets, Kenya Paris is Lav Kiginya Guftami. In other words, when the woman has niximilog, which is what this woman wrote over to her son, the husband, although he had Kenya Paris, it's not like he owns the guf, and therefore the woman should be allowed to sell it off even before, even if she dies before the husband dies, which is similar to the case we found in Baba Basur, Hamaychan Nechas of Labanath. And that is what Abaye had concluded and said that Shmuel said, no, it's not comparable. The reason is because the, Mishne, the, the, the case in with Rabbi that story is different because there's Allah of Takanas Usha, which is a woman that sells and then she dies, the husband gets the rights because in Usha they, com- they strengthen the Shibut of the husband because of this, uh, for Shalom Ba'i's purposes, he's supporting her and what she has, he has no rights to. So not only does he have the Kenyan Paris, it's like he purchased it. So therefore, when she passes away, although she sold it during the marriage, he was the first consumer, and therefore he gets it. And therefore, the, the son of Shmuel Barabbas shouldn't get it, rather Rabbah the husband should get it. That was the Gemara's discussion. And that's why Gemara continues and says, Amravida Baravan, it says, We actually, I could bring you a Bryce that supports this halacha of Takana Susha. How so? Because the Bryce says as follows, if two witnesses come along and say, we, we are testifying regarding this person, we saw, he divorced his wife, and he gave her, he paid up her ksuba, when, he, when a man divorced his woman, he has to pay up her ksuba, he gave her that. Now, as the Gemara continues to have to pay olive, moreover the witnesses continued and said, they're together, and they're, they're, they're having relations. Now is their testimony, we're trying to incriminate this individual. Actually, turns out they were liars. Now, what's important here and what the Gemara is going to focus on is not the part about that he had, they had said that he divorced her and now they're together, but to come to the point about that not only did they say that he divorced her, but that he even gave her the ksuba back. He paid her up. Now, if it would be verified through other witnesses that he actually had divorced her, so when it turns out that these witnesses at least were lying, they're Adam Zayman, they would have to compensate her, her entire ksuba. Because what they would be doing then is because since we know from other sources that he did divorce her, what they were attempting to do was to make her lose her entire ksuba. Because they said that he gave her the ksuba already. Now, but in this situation, it's actually a little bit different. Because we don't have any outside verification. Actually, no one is coming along and saying that he divorced her. So maybe she's actually never going to collect her ksuba. Why? Maybe she's going to die in the marriage. Maybe the wife is going to die before the husband. And the husband's going to inherit his wife. So it turns out that they didn't actually cause her any loss. You didn't lose Iksuba, you never would have gotten it. Maybe you would have died first. So says the Brysa, 
Therefore, we don't say the witnesses have to pay up her entire ksuba, because maybe she would never have gotten it. Rather, the, the benefit that there is in having a ksuba. What does that mean? As the, as the Bryce explains, what does it mean, as Rashi translated in this context, a little bit of benefit that you have from the ksuba is, we evaluate as follows. How much would a person, an outside person, be willing to give, to pay, for this woman's ksuba, meaning, in doubt, it's a risky proposition. What? What's the proposition? If she gets widowed, meaning he dies first, or or divorced, meaning he divorces her, so then, they'll take, they'll collect, and then she'll get a ksuba. But, the other option is, but if she dies, you're in the Bible. Then the husband will inherit it, and they're going to lose the money that they paid to get the ksuba because she's never getting a ksuba because she dies before him, and he never divorced her. So it's that amount of money. How much witnesses these Adam Zayman have to give the woman in this story in this situation? Because it was this teivas anah. This is what they, they cause her immediately a loss because if she would have wanted to sell it with this teivas anah, now she cannot because there it's claiming that he, the husband already gave her the ksuba. But had he not said anything, although maybe she would not get a ksuba, maybe yes, so they can't have to pay on the whole ksuba, but sh- there's a market value to it. Let's say it's a thousand dollar ksuba, okay, I'll be willing to pay 20 cents on the dollar, maybe, maybe who knows what's going to happen. That money is being lost, that they have to compensate her because that was hazama, that was what they attempted to make her lose, and since they were lying, they have to pay that to the woman herself. That's what the Bryce says. And that says Ravida Baravan to prove Takana Susha. If you would entertain to say that there is no Takanas Usha, again, which gives the husband as if he's the first Lekach, then why is the Brysa saying that, what do you mean? We can't make them have to pay the entire Ksuba because maybe her husband would inherit her and she would never get a Ksuba in the first place. And that asks the Gemara, what do you mean? Tazvin Ksuba Seligamri. What do you mean? She could totally sell her Ksuba. If there's no Takana Zusha, then she owns it. Takana Zusha means that the husband's first like, yeah, so he can't sell it to anybody else. Anybody is coming after her, the moment that she dies, she's not going to get it. Her inheritors are not going to get it. The husband's going to get it. Because he's the first like, yeah. But if you don't hold Takana Zusha, then what do you mean? She owns it. When, when, when she dies, and then it goes to, she's not going to get it, but the inheritors, meaning the, the consumers, will get it. So why can't she not sell the entire Ksuba? Why wouldn't Edom Zayman be chayiv for the entirety of the Ksuba? So obviously this Takana Susha, and therefore that's why she, we don't know for sure if she's ever going to get a Kesha. If she dies by Baila, so then the husband inherits her because he's the first Lekech. Again, of course, besides if he divorces her or Amana, then that's the Halacha of Ksub itself. But barring that, Takana Susha says that he gets it. On that Amabaya, he says, no, no Raya. Im Amru if they said this Halacha by Nechsimilug, meaning that she could sell her nechse milug, and the husband cannot remove it from the lekuches. But why? What's in, what's integral in nechse milug? Because nechse milug, in contrast to nechse tzabazah, which we're going to discuss in a moment, is properties that she owns. It's considered hers. It's just that he gets to use the payers, the utility. If it goes down in price, that's her depreciation. If it goes up in price, that's her gain. So never says Abaye, if we said this halacha that a woman could has the goof of the thing itself by nechse milug, do you think that we said this by, which literally translated as the properties of the iron sheep? 
in other words, which is a reference to Har Kesuba, which is what we're discussing here in the Brisa, meaning, as Rashi verifies, not just the Ksuba itself, which is what a husband has to guarantee for a widow 100, for Basula 200. Moreover, in the Ksuba contract, there's a, di- there's a few different things there. There's maybe what the husband adds on. Moreover, there's also what's called Har Nadunya, the dowry, that her father writes and puts into the Ksuba, which she's bringing into the marriage from her father. That's written into the Ksuba. Now, regarding those assets, the chasen, the groom, accepts responsibility and liability, meaning to say, if it goes down in price, it's his loss. If it goes up in price, it's his gain. In other words, it's a responsibility that when the marriage ends, he has to give it back exactly as he got it. So if it goes down, it's his problem. If it goes up, it's his gain. As Zygmar explains, and that's why it's translated as Nixi term basel, because these are the chasen that the husband's taking full responsibility to pay it up exactly as how much it was worth when they came into the marriage, like iron, which is hard and it's not going to become depreciated. She's not going to lose the value in throughout the, 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 the duration of the marriage. Now, therefore, in such a case, of course she can't sell it. In other words, no raya to Takanas Usha. You want to say, wait a second, why can't she sell? Well, if you didn't know Takanas Usha, of course she could sell. Must be that there's Takanas Usha. Says Abai, no, not Takanas Usha. By Nixi Milug, we said, where the husband only has Kenya Paris, and if you say Kenya Paris is love, Kenya Guftami, so the woman owns it. Now, what's holding her back from selling the Iksuba? Why shouldn't the Adam have to pay her the whole entire Iksuba? Oh, so you wanted to prove that, oh, Takana Susha. She can't sell because the husband, we made him more than just uh, Kenya Paris, like as if he's the Lekech, as if he bought it from already. That's Nixi Milug. We're not talking about Nixi Milug. We're talking about Nixi Term Basel. Of course she can't sell it. Maybe there is no Takana, maybe, maybe the Halacha Takana Susha is not necessarily correct. But here she can't sell because it's a ksuba. Ksuba, the goof is owned by the husband. As we said, if it goes up, it's his gain. If it goes down, it's his loss. And that's why she can't sell it. And therefore, the only thing that she's going to get compensated for, for that zama, what they tried making her lose, was the of what she could have sold it, meaning to say, on the odds that he dies first and she becomes a widow or that he divorces her. But if not, definitely the goof itself here is for sure the husband's and that's why she can't sell it. Not because of Takanis Usha, which would only be a necessity of the halachas of Nixim Iluk. Now, related, Omar Bayi says, Tevisana, this halacha of Tevisana, which is the, 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 the profitability, the, 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 the market value that the woman has in her ksuba. So, since it came into our discussion, where it came in, because the Gemara assumed that we're going to bring a riot from this price to the halacha of Takanis Usha, which we said that not, so, which was the halacha of her only having Tevisana unconscious to the whole entire ksuba. Name about Milsa. So let's say a halacha relating to it. Says Abaya, Tevis again, this that a woman could sell a ksuba to others, what's what called Tevis the, 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 the benefit, meaning the market value that it has in case in this, this stock is going to work out. Li'i That money that she gets from selling it, 20 cents on the dollar, whatever it is, that goes to the woman, and the husband doesn't get any of those monies, which many times what a woman gets, says Abaya, obviously goes to the woman what she sells that rights she has in her ksuba, goes to her, not to her husband. Why? If you were entertained to say that the husband gets that, but then we're back to the question of the previous b'risa. Then let the witnesses who were huzam, who were lying about the story that the husband had the ksuba, which therefore they should be, with the b'risa, they're liable to pay for that type of sinah. Why? The edim should tell the woman, what do we make you lose? 
Had you been selling it, which yes, that's the market value you had, even though you canceled all the ksuba, as we explained just before, but at least there's some loss were causing you that you could have sold the 20 cents on the dollar, you had a toibah, so no. But Baal have a shokamanach anyway, you wouldn't have gotten anything because your husband would take it. So we're not causing you a loss. The Eid Muzayimah should say, no, we're not paying you anything. Why does the Bryce say that they have to pay? Obviously, because the woman gets the money, not the husband. That Amrav Shaman, he, he disagrees. He says, no, no raya. It's not true because even if the husband takes it, the woman still would prefer to be able to have that opportunity to sell the market value of her ksuba so that the house has more profitability inside. There's more money, there's more bread in the cupboards, there's more milk in the fridge, there's, there's more around. So even if she's not going to get it, her husband's going to get it, it's still a loss for her because she lives in the same household as her husband. And therefore, that's why, says Rav Shaman, even if... It's not true like Abayah that the husband got it and not the woman. Still, it would be something that the Adam Zayman, as the Bryce says, would be liable to give it to the woman because that would have caused her a loss indirectly throughout Revach Beisa. Now, however, Amar Rava, Rava says, that Allah is, Tavis Anah is Isha, like Abayah said, it does go to the woman. Moreover, the husband doesn't even eat the produce. In other words, a lot of times there are certain things which if a woman inherits something, we say, okay, so it's hers, like Nisimilog, but we have to use that money to buy land, and then the husband eats the payris of that land. Says Rava, in this situation, he doesn't even eat the payris. We don't have, we require her to take the money that she got by selling the stock in her ksuba and to buy land and to have the husband eat the payris for it. My time, what's the reason? Because says Rava, payris akinu Rabban only instituted the produce, the utility of something that she owns. But something that's a derivative of a derivative, that Rabbana did not institute. Now, there's many different interpretations. The Rishayim Tesis says, meaning something that comes from some other place. For example, like in this case of Agamara, which is the Teva of the Ksuba. Or for example, if let's say someone steals the child of her, of her lug animal. Where then the Ghanim has to pay the cable to the woman. As the Gemara explains, the Ksuba is the Vayantesma base. And the reason being is because that's considered Peira de Peira. Now, Tesla says that's in clear contrast to, let's say, a derivative of a derivative of her Niximilug itself. So, for example, let's say her Niximilug animal has a child and that one has a child. Obviously, it was obvious that Rabbana did institute that those Peiris and Peiris and Peiris go to the husband as the Mishnah teaches us uh, on Mesach Tiksubis that he eats Peiri Peiris. He does. What we mean over here, pay repairs, is not in the classical sense of a derivative of a derivative. It means to say that it's coming from a different source regarding something else, where it doesn't impact the husband's payers itself. We don't require her to take where he's utilizing everything that she has. But something of a, of a, of a market value, of a stock that she has in the Ksuba, which she's selling, that is considered pay to payer. We don't require, in other words, if she would go ahead and that payer would then buy the land and then make him eat it, that would be considered pay to pay, that we don't not massacre the husband, and therefore the woman could keep it for herself. Now the Gemara now resumes, and this is where it comes back to the Lach of our Mishnah, which we began on the previous stuff. When they came from the Shiva of Rav, Ami they said the following Halacha, We have a Tanoik source for the Halacha of Takana Susha, which again is this idea about uh, strengthening the shibur of a husband in his wife's nechzimilog as if he's a lekeach, as if he purchased it already. What's the riot? From our Mishnah, the halacha that we quoted partly in the previous daf. We quoted the words of Cheresh Shait of a cut in Ra, but included in that was the next words of the Mishnah, which is Ha'evdva Yisha Ra. When someone gets in an accident 
with a woman and a slave, it's a bad encounter. Why? Chayev behan chayev. The injury that he did to them, he's liable. But what they do to others, to him, they're exempt. Because as the Mishnah there explains that they don't have any money. They have nothing, so therefore they're exempt until they're divorced or until they're emancipated. Now, on that, says Rav, says Papa Usha, if you would entertain to say that there is no Takanas Usha, which is that the husband doesn't, like, as if he purchased the wife's Nechsim Alok, he just says, can you pay us? If that's the case, what do you mean, they have, no, they have nothing to pay up? What do you mean, nothing? She has a Nechsim Alok. Obviously, because the husband is like, he purchased it, what's going to help him paying him up? The husband's just going to come after she does and take it away from him, because he's Lekeach Rishon. That's what she doesn't have. Obviously, you see, a proof, that comes to Susha from our Mishnah. And that thing my response, no. Well, Tamech, according to your reasoning, so even if you want to say and prove, okay, so it's Takanas Usha. And therefore, so she can't totally sell it to, to be able to pay up this guy because the husband's the first Lekech. But there's still a difficulty. She can't sell the Nechsi Yes, because the husband's the first Lekech. But this Tevis what do you mean? Maybe the husband's going to divorce her. Maybe she's going to get widowed. And she takes her Nechsim Luk with her. Yes, if she dies first, then the husband's going to take it. But if she doesn't die first, then she's going to get it. So there's that same Teresa not quality. So there is money that she could have here to pay up this that she injured someone else. So how do we understand that? So Ella rather says the Gemara must be the less law. Obviously she doesn't have Nechsim Luk. If she had, then she would have to pay up because of the Teresa not on that. So how can that be the less list? It says there's no riot to what you're trying to prove from our Mishnah after Kanasusha because obviously she doesn't have Nechsim Luk. And that's why there's no Tavyasana, and therefore there's no, not, she can't do anything with it. Not because of Kanasusha doesn't let her. No, she just doesn't have it, and that's why she can't pay up, but then there's no riot. Now, but once we introduce going back to the Allah of our Mishnah, the Gemara has different questions. Okay, there's no riot to Kanasusha. And okay, maybe she doesn't have Nechsim Luk, so that's why she can't pay up the injury for that. But the Gemara asks, there are different monetary sources that she does have. How so? We just had this discussion earlier on this stuff. She has a ksuba that the husband has to give her. Now, she might not get it, but she might yes get it. There's a market value to that, where people are willing to invest in that type of proposition. So she should have to sell her ksuba in the and give that to him. Why does she not have to pay for the injury that she injured someone else? So now to answer the Gemara, Hamani, Remeyri. Who is the town of our Mishnah? It's Remeyr. The that he says, It's forbidden for a person to hold on and maintain his marriage with his wife. Even one moment, but like Suba, without a Suba. So therefore, if she would go ahead and sell her rights to the Suba to someone else, essentially she has no Suba. This other person has the rights to it. Now, of course he can't get it yet because... She might die first, so he might not get it, but she definitely doesn't have it. And Remeyer says, no, she can't be without Iksuba. That's why that's not an option. Now, on that, the Gemara asks, wait a second. But time am I. What was Remeyer's reason why a woman cannot be even for a moment without Iksuba? We don't want the husband to be, oh, he gets upset, you know, get out of here. It's going to be easy in his eyes to get rid of her. Because there's no monetary, there's no, no pulling the, the strings on the purse. There's nothing that's uh, impacting his wallet. But if there's a ksuba, he's like, wait a second, I'm not just going to divorce. I, you know, I'm going to shell out all that money. So that's the reason why a woman always has to have a ksuba as a deterrent. 
And that has the Gemara, Hachilim here is not going to divorce her, because the Imagarishlam is going to divorce her. You're right, she doesn't have the Ksuba, but also Hanach the Zabni. But the people that bought the Ksuba from her, they're going to come and collect her Ksuba from him. So he doesn't want to divorce her because, okay, she's not going to get it, but they're going to get it. It doesn't make a difference to him who's going to take it away from him. He's going to lose the same amount of money. So then we're back to the question. Why can't she not sell that type of no? who is still going to be a deterrent. She's not going to have the actual ksuba, but someone will have it. And therefore, she could pay up the person that she injured. So Ella rather says to Gemara, the reason why it's not an option is, Ultimately, the, the, the stocks in the ksuba is just words. Because you're not really selling anything to the person. If this happens, then you'll get it. What do you have? You don't really have anything. You cannot have words become a shubit indebted to the damaged party. What are you giving? How are you going to pay? What are you giving to them? Nothing. And that's why it's not an option. Why not? Call it whatever you want. Call it words. But it's something that has a market value. You could sell it. You get actual green. You can get actual physical money with it. You could sell it to people and therefore you could pay up the nizik. Why is she not obligated to do that? So the rather the Gemara says for a different reason. It's not an option. Because the Allah of Shmuel. Shmuel says, Similar type of Allah. If someone sells a deed that someone owes them and sells it to somebody else, meaning instead of me collecting from this guy who owes me $1,000, I'm selling it to you. I'll sell it to you for $800, but I'm selling it to you. But says Shmuel, if the, the owner of the deed, let's say the lender, who sold it to someone else, after he sold it to that other person, goes and cleans the slate, he forgives the loan, the debt, Mochel, it's forgiven. Actually, Vafili Yerish Meichel, Shmuel says that even the inheritor of the Malva, of the lender, could actually be Meichel, the debt, and then the one who bought it cannot go ahead and collect. Now, therefore, what the Gemara is answering is, if we're going to tell her that she has to sell her Ksuba, the Tevis Anova Ksuba, to be able to pay up the debt, we're going to cause a loss for the purchaser. Because you know what she's going to do right after that? Okay, we're going to force her to sell it, but ultimately she's only selling the deed, what's owed to her in the Ksuba. She's going to go ahead and then go ahead and be Meichel Ksuba to her husband, because we're forcing her to sell. So it's like, what do you mean? What, I don't want to pay up this guy. I'm, okay, I'm going to be Meichel, and the guy's going to, the one who bought it is going to totally lose out. So that the Gemara asked, wait, I mean, they said, what do you mean? Let her sell it and give that money to the one who is the injured party. And if she does ultimately forgive it to the husband, okay, so let her forgive. But that's always how it is. Anyone who sells a Shtar always according to Shmuel has that option, but yet we allow those type of sales. So if this woman has a way of getting money by selling her rights in her Ksuba, Okay, if she goes and forgives it afterwards, fine, but she'll be able to pay up the debt that she owes to the injured party. On that, Ami, they said no. Because anything with a woman regarding her husband, vade machle, if we're forcing her to sell, she's most definitely going to go ahead and forgive it. Now, So this poor consumer, whoever he is who's purchasing those rights, I don't care what little he's paying, is throwing it away. We're not going to put a situation of making this woman sell Iksubo for a penny on the dollar because it's a, it's, a, it's a loss. You're not getting anything out of that. So that's why it's not a valid option to, to be able to pay up the injured party in selling her Tebris Anah because she can then go ahead and then be Meichlet right afterwards. Now, so the Gemara says, but Fechitim, if you're going to say, wait a second, Zvini Nahalei, sell it to him, Lahu de Chavli Bey, but Tebris Anah. Sell it to the injured party. For that Tevis, I know that she has in her own Kisuba. Because as the Gemara continues on with Bayes, because 
even if the because even if she then goes ahead and forgives it to her husband, he's not losing anything. Because the Hashanami let me even now she's not giving him anything. So what what's the loss? Maybe she won't be Michael, maybe she'll forget. Who knows? Whatever it is, but it's 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 a no loss situation. Why don't we force her to sell her Tibus and the Ksuba to the injured party? So then that's a, a, a twenty cents a dollar. He might get something out of it, and even if she begins, it's fine. Okay, but but there's no. It's not worse off than he is right now. And that's the Gemara. No, because safe, safe. At the end of the day, For sure, she's going to forgive it to the husband. That you know what? You don't have to pay me the debt of the ksuba. This guy's going to lose out. And to cause the courts to go through all that effort for nothing, we're not going to waste courts' time and money and effort and energy. There's no purpose because it's definitely going to happen. Therefore, there's no point even to give it to that guy. So again, she has no money. And that's why there's no options over here for her to pay up the injured party. And that's why it's pigiyas and ra. And again, that's why we introduced this because we had thought that it would be a right. We said it's not because that's only regarding nichsei milug and not regarding nichsei term basel. But on this, the Gemara continues and asks, everything we answered up until this point helps for the halacha of our Mishnah, which is that Isha is pigiyasara, it's, it's a bad interaction because she's not going to have anything to make a payment for, as we just explained. But on that, the Gemara asks, Elohaditanya. But regarding this, we learn the following b'risa, that said, not only like the halacha of our Mishnah, that a woman is exempt from paying because she has nothing to pay, as we said, even tevasanag suba and etc., to pay up to the, to the victim that she injured, Says the Braisa, Same thing applies if she injures her husband. Even in such a case, she has not lost her ksuba. In other words, you don't have to, you don't require her to utilize that as payment to her husband for the injury that she injured him. Now that the Gemara's question is, Amai, but why? In this case, you don't have the same answers we gave for the Allah of the Mishnah. She should have to sell her ksuba to her husband. Meaning, whatever stock she has in this, which is the odds are if he divorces her or she gets widowed from him, that amount, how much market value that super has, that she, it could be sold for that right now. With that, she injured him to compensate him for that injury, which she has liability to him, she should have to pay him with the Tevis Novak Because, and this is what the Gemara is addressing is, because the because if, like we had answered why it's not an option by other people, which we said, what's the point? What's she going to sell to someone else? Like Shmuel said, she's just going to go ahead and be Michael and forgive it to the, the debt to her husband, and if there's, no, there's no value to it. But like say that here there is no such loss, because he is going to have a win-win situation either way. Either she's not going to be Meichlet, so then he'll maintain what she paid him for the Kabbalah. And if she's going to be Meichlet, guess who she's being Meichlet to? To the husband. So either way, he's getting the Ksuba. So what's the problem? Why is it that when she injures her husband, does she not have to sell her Ksuba and lose anything? Why? She should have to sell the Tevis and Ksuba to her husband. So that's the Gemara answers. Havadirimehi. You have to say that the time of this price is like Rameir. The Amr that he says, It's forbidden for a man to hold on to his wife, even for one moment without a ksuba. But she has to be with a ksuba. Now, she can't go ahead now and sell all the rights she has in the ksuba, because then for all practical purposes she has no ksuba, and because she's selling it to her husband. She's going to be without a ksuba, that's not an option. Now, that thing asked, wait a second, but time am I? As we said on Amadav, what's the reason Rameir said this halacha? It shouldn't be a light thing in the husband's eyes to just get rid of her. There should be repercussions, monetarily, financial, where it's like, oh, wait a second, I don't know if I just want to divorce her, it's going to cost me a lot. That's why a woman has to have a ksuba. 
Whereas Hacha, if as you're proposing that we should sell him, the, the, that she should sell her rice to Ksuba to him, well then Megarishla. Then he's just going to divorce her. And then he's just going to be able to collect the, the, the amount of the injury that she owes him from the Ksuba. So therefore, that's not an option. On that, the Gemara says, if that's the case, then even the way you're proposing also. You're saying, no, don't let her give, sell the amount of the Ksuba to the husband because then, oh, okay, so then you have nothing holding me back. There's no deterrent. What do you mean? That the same thing applies Megarish law. He's going to divorce her. He's going to go ahead and collect the injury from her Ksuba. In other words, right now you tell me, okay, she has nothing to give. What do you mean nothing? What's with the Ksuba? No, 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 Ksuba, because she's going to be without a Ksuba. Our Ksuba is just going to divorce her and collect. What do you mean? So now also, so you're saying, okay, don't, don't, don't let her sell a Ksuba. You know what's going to happen? He's going to divorce her anyway. What do you mean? There's monetary repercussions. There's no monetary repercussions. What? The Ksuba? The Ksuba is indebted to him for the injury. So either way that's going to happen, what are you gaining by not having her pay him right now? Because we like Ksuba, either way, it's not going to stop him from divorcing her. Because anyways, he knows when he divorces her, he's not going to lose. He's just going to get that amount of Ksuba that she owes him for the injury, which a woman becomes liable after she gets divorced to people that she injured, that she owes money to. So I think Mara says, no, we're talking about where it's a large Ksuba. For that little amount of the injury that she did to him, He's not going to want a large loss. In other words, it's not true. We don't want her to lose the deterrent of him divorcing her. We want her to maintain the ksuba. Now you were asking, where's the deterrent? He'll still divorce her because I'm going to collect anyway the amount that you owe me from the ksuba. And I was saying, no. The injury was just this amount. was very little. was minimal. The ksuba is a large ksuba. If he's going to divorce her to collect the chavala from her ksuba, he's going to be losing much more than he's gaining. And therefore, it's appropriate as a deterrent, and that's why he cannot collect her tabus and awe from the ksuba, because then she's going to be without a ksuba. Now, that the Gemara asks, which the Gemara assumes right now, it's saying a large ksuba, it sounds like that he added on more to the ksuba than normally. In other words, because biblically is that a besula, a virgin, has to give 200, and the widow has to give 100. So it sounds like that there's a large ksuba over here that he gave more than 200 to the basula, more than 100 to the widow, than the Torah mandates. So then the Gemara says, then we're back to the question. Then why are we saying that, as the, as the Bryce that was quoted is, that lohiv sidik ksuba, so she doesn't lose her ksuba for the injury that she injured her husband to have to pay up the chavala. Why? Nukma ksuba raisa. The whole reason why we said we don't do that is because, oh, we said definitely the Tana must be like her mayor. Uh, a woman can't be without her ksuba. Okay, fine. The halacha vermeyah that a woman can't be even one moment without a ksuba should be on the biblical ksuba. The 200 for the basula and the 100 for the almana. But the idach, the extra that he add on to the ksuba, tizavna nahalei, she should have to sell to her husband. And obviously she can't sell it because we, should, we don't know if she's going to get it. But this tevis anah, he might divorce her, she, she might get widowed from him. She should have to give that to him for the value of the chavala that she injured him. So the answer that you gave was that he wouldn't do it because of large ksuba. So then, again, if it's a large ksuba, so then that extra from the large, she should have to go ahead and sell that amount, and she won't be without ksuba because she'll still have the basic ksuba of 200 or 100. So the Gemara says, no. The reason why it's not worth it for him to divorce her, to get the chavala from her ksuba, is not because it's a large ksuba. It's because actually the injury was very little. We're told, her ksuba was not more than the biblical ksuba. 
Because actually, they have chavli arba zuz. It's just because the, the, what she injured him was a very small thing worth four zuz. Now, the Bishuma bar Zuzi, to get four Zuz, Leimafsid Esam Chamisha, he's not going to lose 25. That's not a smart investment. Which 25 means 25 slum, which is a mana, which is 100 Zuz, which is the, the Gemara was just picking the smallest Ksuba, which is the Ksuba of Almana, which is 100, or 50, which would be 200, meaning that of a Basula. In other words, it's not, it's not smart business, smart math to do that, to, and therefore it is a deterrent. We wanted to have a ksuba. Because although, what do you mean, what's the deterrent? So I'll divorce her, I'll get, I won't lose anyway because she owes me the money. Yes, she owes you four. You can lose 25 if you divorce her. So that's why we said we don't want her to give over her ksuba, the type of sanat, to the husband. And that's why, like Tafsik Subasa, because that's a deterrent. And it is a deterrent because he's, he's going to lose more if he goes ahead and divorces her. He's going to lose uh, 21 because he's only getting four out of 25. But the Gemara has a different question. But then this that we learned in the following b'risa that says, K'shem timker just like, which the Gemara's assumption right now is to translate this as follows, is that just like she cannot sell her ksuba when she's married, when she's married to her husband, so too she should not lose anything from her ksuba because of, let's say, an injury that she injured when when she's married to him. That's what it sounds like from the price, so that just like she can't sell it, so too she can't lose it. On that, the Gemara asks, why? Based on what we just explained, there are times situations when she could lose her ksuba. How so? As we just explained, which was one of the questions, was the Gemara said, oh, that other price is not talking about such a case. But it's such a case, which is a large ksuba, she is going to lose from ksuba. Because that is something that she won't be without a ksuba. She'll hold on to the 200, 100. But the excess, which was added on by her husband, that she could go ahead and sell. And therefore, there's a type of sin over there. That is something that she could lose from her ksuba. So, seemingly, that contradicts what we said before, that this, this Bryce is seemingly saying that she can't lose it, seemingly that you could lose it. So, Rabbi Rabbi says, Seifah son the ksuba's been indifferent. This Brisa, the end of this Brisa, is talking about a totally different halacha. It's not referencing that, oh, just like she can't sell the ksuba, so she can't lose it, which we thought losing means to say, meaning when she injures someone that no one could come and collect from her, it's not collectible. No, no, that, of course it is, like we explained the previous Gemara. Of course, it's collectible, and therefore if she injures her husband and with, a large, with a very large ksuba, more than the regular, then she'll have to give that type of sin, not to her husband, pay him for the injury. Here we're talking about a different halacha called Ksubis Benindichim, which is discussed in Peregrinarish in the spot thing, Ksubis Benindichim, and Mabez, where there's a text in the Ksubis that the husband writes to the wife as follows. The Aramaic, this is the words that are written, are Benindichim, that, that literally means to say it's the Ksuba of the male sons. Benindichim, the Havalechi Minoi, the male sons that you're going to have for me, Inun Yehavin Yartun Kesem Ksubasayach, they are going to inherit the money of your Ksuba, Yesa al Chukain Demochain, more than there's what they're going to split. My property is my inheritance amongst their brothers. In other words, for example, let's say there were two wives. And the ksuba of one of the wives was larger than the ksuba of the other wife. And both of them die when the husband's still alive. And the husband inherits them. Or let's say one of them dies when he's alive and he inherits her. Now, even so, the ksuba doesn't just become void in regards to her children. For example, let's say she has, if they have male children, when they come now to divide up the father's estate after he dies... Each woman's children take the ksuba of the mother independent of the rest of Yerusha. And the rest of Yerusha is then split evenly. Moreover, is that the sons of the woman that's still alive 
cannot tell the other ones, wait a second, we're going to take our mother's ksuba because she's like a creditor, meaning she's still alive, she got widowed, a widow could collect the ksuba. You shouldn't be able to take because your mother doesn't get a ksuba because her husband, our father, inherited her already because she died when he was still alive. That halacha is, that's not that way. Ksuba has been indifferent, is that the children, the sons, could always collect the ksuba. Now, vahachigtani, this is what the Bryce was teaching. What was it teaching? And these are the words I was retranslating it now. Meaning it wasn't just saying when it says was referring to her selling her ksuba to others. But again, in context, as the price will end, it's told she's not going to lose. In other words, just like when she sells her ksuba to someone else, she's not going to lose ksuba as we're going to shortly explain. When it ends off, means the same thing applies with him, when she sells it to him, her sons will not lose ksubas bin indechen. So this is what the Bryce is saying. Just like when a woman sells her ksuba to others, meaning how could she sell her ksuba to others? As we explained, she doesn't get it, she doesn't have it yet. It's that type of no, it's the market value that the, the consumer is willing to take that risk. And then she dies when her husband's still alive, who then he inherits her. So as we explained before, the lekech totally loses. It was, that was the investment, and he didn't end up getting it because she died first. Even so, what the Bryce is explaining, the halach is, her children did not lose getting the ksubas ben In other words, the, other, the children of the other woman cannot tell them, your mother was negligent. Because if she would be alive after our father died, she wouldn't have collected her ksuba because actually her creditors, the ones she sold it to, would be collecting it. In spite of that, the, 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 her sons do not lose the ksuba. They, don't, they, they will collect their mother's ksuba, even though she died first, and then their father died, and even though she had sold it off. Now, my time, what's the reason? Because her sons could tell the other sons, She needed money. She didn't intend to lose the ksuba. That wasn't something negligent which should throw her out of the ability of getting ksuba. Yes, if she was alive, she wouldn't get a lekuchas would get it. But that doesn't mean to say that us, since our mother never ended up getting it, and lekuchas lost, that we don't get the ksuba. We do, because she didn't willingly throw away the ksuba. She was obviously desperate for money, and that's why she sold her rights for her ksuba when she was still married to our father. Now, kach, that's what the Bryce is concluding is saying, mecheres ksubasa labala, when she's oiditakta, when she sells the ksuba to her husband, Meaning, we're proving just like the halacha is when she sells it to other people. They could say, no, why'd she do it? Because she needed the money. We're not losing her, our mother's ksuba now because of that. So the same thing applies when she sells the ksuba to her husband. Her children did not lose the, the, the ability to collect her ksuba of the male sons. My time, what's the reason? Again, the same logic is because it's the money that forced her to do it. She needed money, but she, her husband wasn't willing to give it to her. She needed it, so she sold. She said, look, husband there. I will sell you my ksuba. And it's for that that he said, okay, fine, I'll give you the money. But it's not because she didn't care about it. She did, and therefore, in this situation, even though it was sold, we still get her ksuba in the inheritance of our father. And again, therefore, there's no riot to what the Gemara was discussing. It's not a question, because not talking about, as we had simply translated as, kshem timker, just like she can't sell it, so she doesn't lose it. What do you mean? And we said there are cases that she'll lose it. Yeah, of course she'll lose it. We mean not the ksuba she won't lose. It's the ksuba's been indifferent that her sons will not lose. Just like when she sells to other people, her sons don't lose it. So too when she sells to her husband. Now the Gemara comes back to what we were discussing previously. Let's say this, which was the continuation from the previous staff, which was introduced because of the riot from Mishnah of Isha and Evid, Pigiyas and Ra, which we said that regarding 
the takanas usha, which is that the husband has a strength stronger than the regular uh, regular Kenyan payers, we said he's like a lekech rishin. Let's say this takan of usha tanoihi. This that the husband has ability after husband after his wife dies, who had sold it when they were married, and she dies before him, that he could go ahead and collect from the kuchas because he's like rishin. Let's say that's a machlekes tanoi. Because the tanechada we learned in one brace that said avde milug. Again, which is where the takanas usha applies. Which her milug again, she owns the principal, and if it goes up or goes down, it's her loss or gain. But the husband gets the utility. So says the brisa if she has niximilug that are avadim slaves. So, so the Brisa tells us if she knocks out his tooth or blinds his eye, which the Allah of Shem Ba'ain that every Kanani goes free, if she does it to him, she's considered obviously the master, because the Allah only applies by the master, which then frees the Evid. But the Allah does not apply by the husband. If the husband blinds the eye of the Evid or knocks out his tooth, that doesn't make him go free because he doesn't own the slave. That's the first Brisa. Another price that says, no, neither one of them, if they knock out the tooth or the eye of the slave, would have the slave go free. So says the Gemara, Sabrua, they thought that in general, the Kuleyama, that everyone, meaning both Bryce's, Tanoim, they all agree that Kenya Paris, the husband's Paris, the utility has an Avadim, it's not considered as if he owns the body of the Avad. Now, if everyone agrees to that principle, so my love, so then what is it that they're disagreeing about? Demand the Amali Isha that the Bryce that said that the, if the woman knocks out the tooth or the eye that it will free the slave is because they, he holds less like the Usha. That there is no halachic validity to the of Usha and therefore the husband's not like a Likeach. So what is he? He's just Kenyan Paris. Kenyan Paris is not like Kenyan Guf, so he doesn't own it. Rather, the woman is the owner of the Guf of the Evan. Therefore, if she knocks out his tooth or eye, like a regular master, will have him freed. But Amanda Amma the other Bryce that holds that no, neither the wife or the husband, when they knock out his tooth, I will free him, Islay Takanas Usha holds of the Allah of Takanas Usha, and therefore neither of them will free the Evid. Why? Because of the man, he won't go out, because ultimately the husband doesn't really own the principal right now. The wife does. But additionally, the wife also, and this is the important point, will not free the slave, because ultimately Takanas Usha strengthens the Shibut of the husband as if it's a Kinyagov. So it, it takes away the strength and the vitality of the wife's kinyat guf. And therefore when she knocks at his ayah's tooth, it will not free him. So seemingly their machlekes is in takan usha. So seemingly it's machlekes tanoi. So I think Mar says, Loi, no. The kul alma islu takan usha, we can really say that everyone agrees to the halach of takan usha. Ella, rather, but Khan, here in the first b'raise, was Khaitan Takana, was before Takana Susha. So therefore, his Shibud was a regular Shibud. In other words, it was like a regular Kenyan Paris. And again, as we said, everyone's assuming Kenyan Paris was Lav Kiginan Guf Dami. So he doesn't have any ownership in the body of the slave itself. Therefore, the wife knocks out the tooth or the eye, will free him. Khan Lacha Takana in the second b'raise was after Takana Susha. But everyone holds a bit, just one was chronolo- chronologically before, another one was afterwards. Or if you want, you could say no. The idu idul achatakana. Both of them were taking place. The the mishnayis were were said after the takanas usha, and the isl takanas usha, and they both hold the takanas usha. Ella, but lamanda amale isha beloyle ish my timers. And what's the understanding of the brice that says that when the wife knocks out the eye of the tooth, it will free him and not the man? What's the reason? If they hold the takanas usha, then we said seemingly neither one should have enough rights in the guf because she has the kenya guf and he doesn't have all of it. But yet he has, as if he has kenya guf, so she shouldn't have it. And that says the gemara kederava. The reason why, even though he has a very strong shibud, which seemingly should not allow her to be considered the sole proprietor of the kenya guf, to when she knocks out his eye or tooth to free him. 
But the halacha is like Rava. Because the Amar Rava, Rava says there are certain elements that even though there's a party that has a very strong shibud, but as we'll see, one of them is shikhr, freeing a slave, which in this case, by knocking out his eye, that is something that will remove the husband's shibud. So although, yes, generally the Taikanus Usha will say that she cannot, but shikhr will remove that shibud, like Rava said, and that's why that will allow the woman to free the slave by knocking out his tooth or his eye. Because as we continue on, on the top of Tzadim and Aleph, that the Gemara says, Rabbi, the Amr Rabbi, Rabbi says, Hektish, for example, Hektish, which is, let's say somebody made his ox as an apaitiki. An apaitiki is from the word apaitikai. Designated this ox to his creditor, meaning when you're going to collect, don't worry, you don't have to look around where to collect from. This ox is yours. But then the baru goes, and he's maktish, a physical sanctity of the shirt, to the mizbeach. That hektish removes the shibut of the lender and it's permitted to the mezbeach and is not considered theft. The reason being is because the, the strength of hektish could remove and the reason for that is because ultimately the ox was not physically owned by the creditor. It was just ready for him to be collected. Since it's not, hektish could remove that shibut. Now as Rashi points out, it has to be specifically a physical sanctity that the borrower, the debtor had made. But a monetary sanctity is not strong enough to remove the shibur of the malva, as the Mishnah teaches in This erichin that then they could just go ahead and give some money, so it's not just being redeemed for nothing. But then it goes automatically to the to the creditor. But a physical hektish, a physical sanctity, will remove the shibur. Another case, chametz. Let's say a non-Jew lends a Jewish person money, and for collateral, says your chametz, all those breads, those delicious breads, you, the your chalas that your wife makes. Are, are going to be collected by me for the, for the loan. Now, but additionally, it's talking about where the chalas are still in the Jewish person's house, where it's lacking collectability for the non-Jewish collector. Now, if the chametz is in the house of the Jewish person, all the non-Jew has is a shibut. Now, the thing is, when we're calling this chametz, when the time of beer chametz comes, of Pesach time, the isra of chametz removes the shibut, the, 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 the indebtedness, to the non-Jew, and the Jewish person has to go ahead and do beer chametz and burn the chametz. Now, as Rashi says, although we learn in Mishnah, 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 that a non-Jew that lends a Jewish person money for his, on his chametz, meaning as collateral, that that chametz is permitted to have benefit from it after Pesach. So Rabbi there explains, that's only talking about if the chametz was kept in the non-Jewish person's house, where the collateral is by him already, he's not lacking collectability, so that's not considered a she, but that's like he really owns it already. So that's where it would be permitted, but if it's in the Jewish person's house, then chametz will remove the sheba. And finally, b'shichrur, so let's say someone makes his slave an apaitiki. And then the borrower who had made a apaitiki frees the slave. He's m'shichrur, he's freed, and then the collector that will have to collect his debt from somewhere else. Because all these three things are mafki and midei shibut, they remove the shibut. That explains the halach of this b'risa, why by the woman... Although, yes, the husband does have a very strong shibud, almost like a kinyaguf, and therefore she shouldn't be able to free him. But shichr, like chametz and hektish, remove shibudim, and that's why even though there's the tekanas usha that makes him like have a very strong shibud, that knocking out his eye, which is a shichr, will remove that shibud. Now, that the Gemara asks, so lehmed tanoi, so should we say that the Allah of Rav is a machlegis tanoi, because the other b'risa doesn't say that. The other b'risa says that she cannot go ahead and let him go free by knocking out his tooth and eye. Obviously, because they disagree with the halacha brava and says the shikhar is not mafki from shibut. I think Gemara says, no. No, everyone agrees to Rabba's halacha, his principle. 
But Vahocha Almura Bon Lishibudi Dabal. Here the rabbis really strengthened the Shibud Dabal. It's not like a regular Shibud, like we were saying all along, almost like he's Lekeach, as if he bought it already. No, obviously he didn't buy it, and the wife still has the principle, she can do whatever she wants with it. But it's as if it's such a strong Shibud. So although generally, yes, Rabbi says a hektish Chometz and Shechur will be Mafkir from Shibud, which is therefore the understanding of that price holds that the Isha could remove it by knocking out the slave's eye. The other price held, no, it's such a strong Shibud. As if he's Lekeach Rishon, if someone bought something, it's already theirs, as similar as we brought by the Chametz that's in the non-Jewish house, then the Halach of Chametz, or in this case, the Shikr, will hurt the wife's knocking out the eye of the tooth, will not remove his Shibud, and that's why that price is at Loyla Ish, but Loyla Isha. And therefore, as we're saying, that in regards to the previous discussion, it's not necessarily that there's a Machlekis in Takan Susha, it could be, again, as we said, they're both hold. The one approach was that they both hold of it, but one's before the Tekan and one's after. And the second approach the Gemara was giving is, no, that they both told on after Tekan Susha, and they both hold of Tekan Susha. But again, the Machlekes is regarding how far do we establish this principle of Rava, that the Sheikh will remove from the Shibud. Is it even in this case a Shibud? Or no, that just in, 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 in the, the, since it's Almur Abon Shibude, it's like a Lekeach Rishon, and therefore the Halacha of Rava, would, Rava would agree that like that price, that it doesn't extend that far, and therefore it's Lele Ish, Lele Isha.